Welcome to Bad Dogma, the podcast that looks up the skirt of the universe and uses the sands of time as a bridge from the present to the future. Now your host, who rarely knows which dimension they're in most of the time, Chris Solak and Mark Rasmussen. And welcome to Bad Dogma. I'm Chris Solak, along with God's tap-dancing chimpanzee, Mark Rasmussen. We're and back again. It's it's good to be with you guys. We have a really special yeah, guest uh, joining us today, a, a, a man that has has overcome uh, some really incredible circumstances in his own life and has has taken on challenges from perspectives. What I love is that this when we get people that that function yeah. out of the box. Right. Come on. I start yeah. to get a little triggered. There is no box. Come yeah, on, that, that's there it. Is there is no, no spoon. No, there it's, is no it's, spoon. There it's, is no box. And so that's where that's where yeah. we're going today. And with that in, with that in mind, I Buckle up. Just yeah. buckle up. Just because, buckle up. <laughs> because there's there's gonna be a lot you can pull from this. There's there's gonna be a lot of things that, that you can tweak, hopefully change, hopefully correct in your own life, in your own perspective, hopefully in your own dogma. Right. And and right. you can come out of out of these these uh, these next few episodes with a with a whole new perspective on uh, how to think in in a way that may challenge everybody around you. Come on, come on. So with that kind of build up, yeah, come I'm on, now going come on. to introduce the bald Avenger. Yeah, come on. Jason Cisneros, no welcome to the show, Jason. Welcome, Jason. No pressure, no pressure. No pressure, baby. None no pressure at all. at all. Who the hell is this guy? <laughs> I, I got to tell you guys, I love the name of the show. I love the name of it. It's funny. Awesome. It's funny how it all came about, man. It's just totally not us. It's God. It really is. Yeah, we we, we try not to yeah. try not to to right. to find anything that would agree with anybody's point of view to start out with. Right. So that we would just have to acknowledge the fact that anybody that came on the show, no matter how many good things they developed in their lives, we yeah, all have on. to acknowledge that we've all had to face our bad dogma first That's in order right. to find the good dogma. Yep. And uh, Jason, you know better than anybody, most people don't like to face that reality first. Yeah. Well, it's been a lifetime running away for, from it or... They spent a lifetime, you know, trying to milk the 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 um, the sympathy that comes from having a hard story, right? Yep. Yes. And yep. uh, then there's the 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 unique the unique. I don't want to say few because there's quite a few people that are out right. there that are able to take that story and turn it into service for the world at large. So yep. that's what I love. Those are the people I love. <laughs> And, and Jason, I mean, that that's the whole point of things is, you know, I, I know Mark and I, we're very unique in our point of view. And I think that we're in the same tribe with you that, that, you know, most people are pursuing uh, all different forms of, of wealth or power or authority, but to understand that yeah. it, that people are the currency of life. There you go. That's it. Love baby. Love. Yeah. Come on. Come I mean, on. that's, that's what it's all about. And, and, uh, I just want to I just want to take our listeners back to the beginning. I know I know for those of you if you're a Jason Cisneros fan, <laughs> you know this story. Yeah. But for those of you who maybe you've never heard of Jason, uh, Jason, you you had an incredibly difficult childhood, and and I'll let you touch on as much of this as you want to, but just to kind of set the tone for the kind of the things that you've had to overcome, if you would share with the listeners a little bit about your childhood. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's interesting. I, you know, I've gotten to a place where I want every, all of your listeners, anybody who's watching this, to kind of stop and rewind your own life because when when people tell stories of their own of their life, it's it really all it is is to say, you know what, people have had other people have had it hard too, um, and then here's some of the tools, and then you start to listen for the tools that they were able to uh, utilize in their own life and then be able to absorb it so that you can modify some of your own behaviors to begin the process of getting a new result, right? Yes. And and so um, as I go through my story, you know, pay attention to the story, don't pay attention to the story, but see yourself in your own hero's journey. Because yeah, very on. little of this is about me. You guys started it out perfectly to say God has, has walked me through, has put me in the position that I'm in um, for a reason. Right. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a second. But I was, I was adopted when I was six years old. Uh, my mom, uh, married a man that was uh, a very bad guy. Again, we don't want to go too deep in the story, but ultimately uh, drug dealer, very abusive. I started stepping in between him and my mom to take her beatings uh, about seven years old was the first time I, I did it. Wow. And, um, you know, as, as again, I want you guys to think of your own lives, we kind of 
we're we're in we're our thought processes of how life is our global beliefs are formed you know when we're younger and usually not in good circumstances usually in traumatic circumstances we're like all women are all men are you know uh, white people are black people are all democrats are all republicans and we form these global beliefs that don't serve us in the pursuit of our own freedom and happiness right so uh, I was no different um, that this abuse went on. It was sort of like a, a mini torture chamber up until I was 17. I got booted out when I was 16 and I came back. I would go back and check on my mom, uh, you know, periodically. And I went back one day and there was, you know, I was yelling throughout the house for my mom. I went downstairs. I saw, you know, the, the typical uh, places where her body had been thrown through the, the drywall and, and, um, you know, we had made it a point not to go to the police because A, you know, he was a, a criminal minded person. Uh, B, they didn't do anything for us. You know, I, I specifically remember uh, my mom trying to leave a couple of times. One of those times we were in a red Volkswagen and we were racing to the police station. And he had this we had he had this brown international pickup truck and he was chasing us uh, like you see in the movies and came up on side of us and rammed us. And we flipped over two or three times, came to rest literally on the, the police station grass. And the police all came rushing out. And, you know, I was bleeding. That was one of the first of my broken noses. And, um, you know, and they came out and my mom had a cut on her head. She was bleeding. And and one of the, the, the things that there was a lot of other things said, but one of the police officers looked at my mom and said, what did you do to piss him off? Right. And that wow. was. Yeah. In, infuriating wow. to me oh. and that gave me a bad taste in my mouth for all police for a very very long time up until the time that it was time for me to go to the police station and go get them and say look you know my adopted father has lost his freaking mind he's thrown her through walls they showed up and and did a really great job uh put him in jail he bailed out um you know kidnapped me uh, during that time that he was out held me at gunpoint for a long time uh, out at a, at a lake where I, you know, I could have swore he was going to shoot me in the head and drop me in the water. Um, but the next, that night, actually, he got picked up finally and went to prison for 17 years for attempted murder of me and my mom. He had set our house to explode. Um, and if wow. any of us would have went home, you talk about God. Uh, I went on a two week drunk. My mom, you know, took three or four days away, which she hadn't done her entire life. And nobody went in and it was a neighbor that called uh, that there was a gas leak. So, um, you know, so if we if any of us would have went home, it, he had set all the openings with flints. And if it, it would have sparked the whole house, the whole block would have been blown up. Wow. Uh, but so anyway, so he went to prison when I was 17 for attempted murder. But advancing the story just a little bit again, not about me, but about everybody watching this is the idea that you do what you know. And I was. Since yeah, 12, huge. I was That's good at, at delivering and dealing drugs. Yep. Um, and then, you know, fighting a full-grown adult my, most of my, my childhood, I was a very good fighter. So I was also a collector. And, um, and that's what I continued to do up until the point of um, getting stabbed in the chest in my second to last drug deal. Uh, my, what happened was, it's interesting the things that happen, right? We have so many good things that are in our life but we tend to overshadow all of that with the bad. But my, my grandmother uh, made sure I had a Bible. I would get locked in my room because my face would be so busted up um, while it would heal. And the, I had two things. My grandma made sure I had a Bible and my grandfather made sure that I had a little set of weights, those plastic ones that were filled with concrete. Right. Yep. And, um, remember, and I remember well. reading the Bible, not from a religious standpoint, but from a series of stories and when I, when I got stabbed, the minute that that, the second that that knife hit my chest, I'm like, and I, my son had been born three days earlier and oh. I was already thinking about getting out of lifestyle. But when that knife hit my chest, there was this instant passage from the Bible that popped into my head that said the sins of the father born onto the children. And I was like, if I survive this, I'm done. I'm out. My kids are not going to live the lifestyle, make the decisions. They're going to have opportunity. They're going to do all these things. And, and so that was really the catalyst, um, guys, of my childhood. And I started to turn things around at that point. We always talk about there's always in, in these transcendent stories of, of growth, 
you always come to these forks in the road. Sometimes they're Every they're time. really they're really uh, yeah. they're slow moments. Sometimes they're really uh, impulsive decisions. Yep. Yet they break the right way. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's interesting, uh, Jason. That you, here here you are. You're not a religious person. And yet it's it is a, a random passage of scripture, which is not random, but it's but it's there for you in that moment and and it's it's directing your life, it's shaping your life, it's it's giving you that decision. You here you are left or right, and it's telling you which way to go. I mean, that's that's a pretty incredible thing in itself, right there. It really is. And I mean, those those types of things happen to us. I mean, I look back throughout that time frame of my life where you know, I had a fourth grade teacher that that knew the situation that I was in, and and she she really um, encouraged me to write stories, and and in you know really got me to fall in love with the English language. The dictionary became my uh, my painter's palette, so to speak, because I started reading Shakespeare, and I started reading. I I read incessantly. A, it kept me away from my adopted father. B I was able to start to craft the life that I was living outside of this. I could, I could transport my way out of the situation that I was in through the words that I was writing, through the stories that I would tell. And, um, you know, and, and my fourth grade teacher, Linda Ivy, was a hundred percent solely responsible for my ability to be able to communicate in a, in a, a better fashion into the outside world, right? Uh, which I think is a big deal. I had coaches. I had Charlie White who would pay for things. We were dirt broke. Uh, he would pay for wrestling tournaments. Um, he would pay for headgear. He would, you know, make sure that I had a place to stay when we would go on road trips. Uh, I had Daryl Holt who would keep me on weekends. We would go watch other football teams play, and he knew he was keeping me out of trouble. Uh, you know, we have these people that are in our lives, but you know, but the world right now, especially guys, is rewarding victimhood. Sure. And, yeah. and it's rewarding those, you know, those stories. So you when people speak about their childhood or they, they speak about their trauma, they go on and on and on and on. And they've lost people three or four minutes in because it's about them. They haven't dealt with that yet. Really, what we're what we're interested in is the victory. What did you do to win so yeah. that I can model that? I don't I have I have I don't I have no need in my life to to model trauma, upset, anger sadness, you know, all of that stuff, I can do perfectly well on my own. <laughs> yeah, we all can. Right. That's right. We all can do that. So yep. with what, what, what I'm hearing you talk about and Jason, I've, I've, I obviously I've, I've heard you, I've heard you speak and, and to understand your view. And I just want the listeners to understand your view on personal accountability yeah. and where growth and development for you begins. Yeah. It, it, it begins inside of ourselves, right? I'll give you two two versions of Jason Cisneros. There was a younger version of me, you know, into early adulthood, and you know, in some of my early business dealings, that was that 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 bought into the division, that bought into that right. my life was set up against me, that that my adopted father and the way right. that I was raised, and the, uh, this, you know, this this was why when I made a bad decision or failed at something, it was, that was the reason. And it gave me a great escape to be able to blame. And when you're blaming something else, you have completely surrendered your capacity to be able to change your own life. When you're blaming somebody else, it's one of the weakest of emotions. It is chicken shit. It is a a cop-out. Even though you know, and, and think about the work that I do now. We go undercover, we kick doors, we we go in and get little girls and little boys that are being trafficked in the sex trade from very bad guys, right? We work yep. in the domestic yeah. uh, 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 violence world where men are holding their women uh, uh, captive and knocking their teeth out and, you know, and, and doing horrible things to them. Uh, we work in the world of hunger where every four seconds, somebody's dropping right. dead of hunger or starvation yeah. in this world. Yep. And- and so when you look at when you look at that sort of scenario, those people are really and people like them are the people that are in 
bondage. They have had choice ripped out of their life. Absolutely. The rest of the world is yes. looking for their 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 menu mm-hmm. of of uh, victimhood. Right. But they they're they're bitching about it on a phone that cost a thousand dollars under a roof that they're yep. paying rent for. Come on. You know, with a full belly, you know, yeah. of food in in their stomach. Yes, horrific things happen to everyone. Right. I'm not special. Anybody that's out there, you're not special. And I and I'm I am angry for the people that hurt you. I am upset with the people that took advantage of you. But they're not doing it now in this moment. And if they are, you reach out to me and we will come and get you. But if it's not that case and it was happening before, you have the opportunity to say, you know what? How do I utilize what I went through, which would break a normal mortal and human being and build upon the place? A broken bone is stronger at the break after it's broken. That's right. And so is a spirit. When it's broken and comes back together with God's help, you know, what? Ha- it's stronger there than anywhere else in yeah. your spirit. Mm-hmm. That means that it can take more pressure. And that pressure doesn't come from selfish, uh, from selfish uh, um, uh, pursuit. It comes from for the service of other people. You can now take on the pains of other people. You can now have empathy for people that are weaker than you. You can put yourself in harm's way because God strengthened you yeah. where you needed to be strengthened to serve, not yourself, but the but the vulnerable and the true victims of this world. That's so right. where does that come from? It comes from an understanding of, of Jason Cisneros is absolutely ear fucking relevant in this world. Come on, Jason come on. Cisneros and who I am and what I yeah. have and where I've been and all of the people that I know completely irrelevant yeah. unless it's helping serve true victims and true victims means that they've had choice ripped out of their life. There you go. That's where it comes yeah. from. That's now, right. all of my internal energy, all of the things that I do right now are not for money. I've made my money. You can't cancel me. That's why I can say whatever the hell I want, because <laughs> I, that, the time to be able to cancel me was a long time ago. Right. 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 You can't cancel me now. So I'm, I got to say it like it is. That's where God strengthened me so that I could take on the ability to speak for the people who cannot speak for themselves, the people that are yes. being shoved down, that don't have a microphone, that don't have the ability to light up the to, to light up a stage or something like that. It's my job. And by God, I'm going to do it with the best of my intentions. I'm going to build my possibilities. I'm going to keep my body in shape. I'm going to learn more words. I'm going to network more. I'm going to have more influence. And I'm going to do all of that in service of other people. Man, I'm ready to come out of a tunnel and yeah. hit somebody. Come on, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, my goodness. Give me something to hit, Jason. Lord. Give me something to hit. Jason, it, it, when you talk about when you, I, what I hear you saying it, it, is people choosing to use these life experiences right. rather than to shape them, they allow them to break them. And it, it's, it's a simple, it, it may not be, it, that moment may be difficult, but you're, what you're saying is when that decision arrives, when, when you have to look at the way you live your life, you can either become completely irrelevant in the sense of, of, of usefulness to the world around you, or you can become as relevant as you possibly yeah. can be to those Preach. who truly need it. Great. It's 100% true. Look, at the end of the day, the strongest people that I know, the people that I look up to are not the people that are out there on social media showing their bullshit rented uh, Lamborghini <laughs> and all in their house. The strongest people that I know are, there's. Uh, I'll speak specifically of the people that I know in my own life, a woman who was raped over a thousand times oh before the age of 16 oh years old, who was grown up to be one of the most powerful advocates for child trafficking on the right. planet. A woman who was beaten senseless over and over and over again in her home by her husband that, that has now become an advocate for other people, went to prison, was addicted to drugs, left her children, and now is back in that lifestyle. You you take, you know, you've got somebody who was going to commit suicide with a chainsaw, right? That is now out there advocating for other su- suicide people. You've got people that have that were close to starvation in their own life that are now out advocating. Every single one of those people are godsends. They are the ones that we should be emulating. They are the ones that should be yes. up on post uh, on the boards uh, all over the way. They are the ones that should be all over social media. The the people that have have stared death and the devil in the eye and beat that shit and come back. That's who I want to hear from. 
I don't want to hear from somebody that's trying to rub their wealth in my face. I don't want to. Why? I had my first goal run at, at becoming wealthy. I became wealthy. I thought I big house and the cars and boats and the trips and, and all of the trappings that came with it. Yeah. And when I lost all of it, they all disappeared into the wind to the point where I hadn't eaten in three days. I lost everything, was ended up homeless in, in Southern California. And for three days, hadn't eaten, I had some quarters. I called as many people as I possibly could that were living in homes that I helped them pay for, that were driving cars that I had co-signed for, right. that I had put money in their pocket when they were su- suffering, right. couldn't send my ass $10 so I could go get a burrito that day, Yep. right? That was a big lesson God needed me to learn because I'm so dumb that I had to have my head beat <laughs> into a wall to say that's not what life is about, Jason right. Cisneros. It's about service. And when I lift you back up, you will serve or I will take it all away again. Come on. God gives, God takes, takes away. away. Yeah, right. And in the reality, Jason, is, and this is something that most people, I don't care what your religious belief system right. is. Right. This is this is this is, this is a foundational yeah. truth to the, the existence that we right. operate within that's is that right. when you die, none of this is going with you. That's right. Amen. The, 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 the connections, the human connection, the, the impact that you have on other, on other people's lives, the ability, you, you, you may not be able to change lives. You may just simply be able to affect a life in a moment, but it's still, it's still that, uh, to me, it's that, uh, that, that constant attempt to, to lessen the burden of the, of others around you. That to me has so much more value than to make sure that you know I'm driving a, a car that costs ten thousand dollars more than my neighbor, yeah. You know, just so I can feel secure in the fact that I that I got the hold on him. I mean, it's it's a sense of delusion. It's serious, and it's and, a massive delusion. In it, and it's sold every day, all damn day long, by by social media and by the media and all. That. It's to keep us distracted because if we as a people, come on, right, we yep. people. We have we have the people woke up and realized that we are spending eighty percent of our life trying to impress people who don't even like us. Right, be there for us in a challenge. We would stop trying to impress them and have the and start trying to earn the respect of respectable people. Yes, right. And that's, that's right. who I have surrounding me now, Pastor Rudy and and all of the people that you see in in, in our group we call Misfit Nation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that is full of people who the rest of the world <laughs> looks down their nose at or yep. would look over. And there is gold oh, yeah. in people who have screwed up, who have, have had things happen to them and have figured out how to love through their own obsession with themselves be able to love through the pain that was inflicted on them to be able to forgive themselves for the horrific mistakes that they made in their own life to come back and do what to inspire other people come on, to come lift on. themselves up and tell their story in such a way that serves not self-serving but serves the world to learn how to navigate this weird world that we happen to find ourselves yeah, in. Yeah, we're Westerners, right? And we understand the, the whole principle behind capitalism is to invest, right? And and the thing that Chris and I have come to discover is yeah. that you, how, how do you invest in something that's eternal? Well, that's people, right? I mean, when you invest in a, in a life that is eternal sowing, reaping, whatever you want to call it, it's an investment in something that's never going to go away. It's going to have a powerful effect, not only on the individual, but everyone that encounters that individual. So therefore, it pays dividends you can't even come to understand or comprehend. And Mark yeah. likes to take things into the cosmos. I, I yeah. like to look at just the, the just even the, the finite, you know, possibities that, right. that exist, you know, the I know what it's like to see your mother turn to your father and say, we don't have enough money for milk and bread. I know what that feels like as a kid, that, that, that sense of helplessness, that sense of, of, of fear that, that can come over a family. And there were people, there were so many people, and, and, and God led them. A higher power definitely led them to care for us. We were, you know, money would show up in the mailbox uh, that, 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 you know, had no name, no nothing, no anything, you know, it would, it would just simply show up. And, uh, we, we had people bring food that had no right. idea that we were, that we had food sufficiency problems at the yeah. time. And it was a short period of time in my family's life, 
but it was it was most impactful on the fact that as I've become an adult and I've spent time around people when I identify need I understand that need just like you said you were looking for somebody to give you money so you could go buy a burrito like if you've never felt that before if you've never understood that before if you've never come to that place then yeah, it may be hard. It may just be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this guy is falling so low. You know, you get derision, you get condemnation. But the reality is, is if you've gone to that place, then you have the ability to empathize and sympathize and and to reach people. You're looking for people to impact on that level. And it, because it, it's, we're in all, the reality is, is that we're all in this together, whether we like it or not, yep. we're all in this together. And, and the more we can do to help one another, uh, I truly believe the way we we change the environment. Yeah, absolutely. When when we start to look yeah. at at people rather than a mark, we start to look at them at the value of who they really are. And I, I you know, it's a it's a very we're talking about two different philosophies of way of identifying yeah. people. Right. Uh, you've gone through so many different experiences, and I and I don't like I said I know you don't want to f- focus on the negative too much, but but you also talk about. Uh, coming to, to near suicide. Can you talk just a little bit about that, Jason? Yeah, that was, you know, that was along my journey when, you know, I, I came out of my childhood, I started to build a business, um, that business failed. I was building another business, that business failed. Uh, during that business failure, my wife left me, um, you know, and all this whole time, I'm like, I'm a born again Christian. And I'm, you know, Going to uh, at the time it was called Promise Keepers. Okay. Oh, I remember uh, Promise Keepers. Yeah. You know, going to those conventions. Yep. Trying to learn how to be a better father and a better husband and a better, you know, all of the things that I was learning. Mm -hmm. And then during that period of time, my wife leaves me. I lose my businesses. I basically lose my mind. And and then and I lost. You know, one of the things that broke my heart the most was I loved waking up with my kids in the morning and making breakfast and hugging them and kissing them on the head as I walked out the door or they walked out the door for school or whatever it was. And, and when that break happened, that was the rest of whatever spirit I had was when I lost my, my, my kids, when, when my, when my ex uh, left me and, and it broke a place in me that was really deep. Oh yeah. Really, yep. really deep. Yep. And and so I just, you know, I didn't know it. I, you know, I lo- I stayed in bed for like a week or or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom was worried about me, and everybody was worried about me because that's not me, right? That's sure. not my personality. Right. And but I it it broke me to that place, and then I just lost, I just lost the zest for life because yeah. my purpose, my loves, my you know the the thing that I thought I was building was now all of a sudden gone. And I just slowly ran out of money. I left the town that I was in because I was embarrassed um, and, you know, moved to Southern California, got a place to rent, slowly sold everything out of it, uh, then got evicted, had one thing left to my name. And that was my pistol that I kept with me as I started to sleep on the beaches at night. And finally, I'm like, I'm of absolutely no earthly good to anyone. I am a waste of space. I'm a waste of humanity. I'm a waste of blood. And, and I'm just going to get it over with and do the one good thing that I think I could do for everybody, which is get rid of the trouble that I've caused, the person that I was, uh, all of the mistakes that I've made and just be done with it and move on. Right. Right. And, um, and it was an interesting, like I said, I've, I, you know, I'm not one of those people that hears from God all the time, but I heard from him once I know as I was sitting on that, on that cliff, getting ready to pull the trigger against Come my on. head. Yeah. Not yet. You know, yep. not yet. Uh, yeah. and I, I turned around and physically looked guys like, I, I understand. Like, I've, I've had those moments. Yep. Who's here. Right. And, and, and again, not yet. Yeah. And that was it. Wow. Like, so then it was a series of things after that. Right. I mean, uh-huh. that, that's what, that's what drew, drove me is because happiness is found in progress right? And, and when our life is not progressing in any way, shape or form, not, much less the one that we predicted for ourselves, or at least that we allowed ourselves a, a glimmer of hope to be able to look forward to, yeah. it was, it was 
that that's where you lose all passion. That's where you lose all, all happiness. Right. I mean, I've seen a lot of people around the world that are, that are in dire situations. I've been in, in the deepest parts of Africa. I've been in the, you know, in, in Asia, I've been in, in, uh, you know, Northern, Northern uh, Russia. I've been all over the place that, that people who have way less than we do are way happier than we are. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's in progress. Yep. I want to stop right there. Yeah. We are we are talking with the Bald Avenger, Jason Cisneros. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, folks. Stay we'll be right us. back here on Bad Dogma. Now back to the Bad Dogma Podcast, your weekly dietary supplement of truth amidst the Twinkies and Ho-Hos of the media world. And welcome back to Bad Dogma. I'm Chris Solak along with Mark Rasmussen. We are talking to the Bald Avenger, Jason yeah. Cisneros. And he was just breaking down for us before we went to break the the fact that he's that he was in the middle of just utter life crisis, yeah. coming to the coming to the end of his rope, and 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 God speaks, right? God speaks to him in the in the in this moment, and Jason, just take us from from where your life starts to pivot from this point. Yeah, well, you know, I love this because you know a a, a crafted story that we all watch, you know, it's a, it's, you know, it's perfectly packaged in a couple hour movie or, mm. you know, a, a 250 page book or uh-huh. you know, a, a sitcom or an episode or whatever it is, but our lives aren't like that. <laughs> no, and, no. Know, and, and the next day when I woke up, I mean, many people can, can identify with this is that the next day. Yeah, I didn't, I still woke up on the same park bench. I still was hungry. Um, but that day, you know, I, it led me to go to, a. a a uh, homeless shelter. And because I'd been, I guess at that point, I mean, it's amazing how far or, or the, the damage that pride, there's two types oh, of pride. Come on. And the bad one is, um, you know, thinking more of yourself than you do others. Um, right. Thinking that anybody gives a shit about who you are, or what you have in the first place, right. Other than the people that don't and shouldn't matter. Um, but I had this pride that I hadn't been to a homeless shelter yet. And I uh, hadn't been to a, a you know a, a shelter that handed out food and so on and so forth. But the next day, I'm like, there's no pride left in me. You know, I mean, I literally just about took my life. And and so whatever God, whatever word, whatever you know language, whoever that was that was speaking to me from the universe, not yet. And then I was like, uh, you know, now now what? Right. That's right. the thing that's, yeah. that's embedded in our brain. Well, okay, not yet, but now what? <laughs> yeah. And, and so anyway, so I went to that, that uh, homeless shelter and, and, and it was an interesting experience. I had at that point, I was pissed off at God. I was pissed off at Jesus. I was pissed oh, off yeah. at Christians. You know, I was being stepped over, you know, all the time by, by um, church people oh, yeah. uh, so on and so forth. But I went to this one and it happened to be sponsored by pastor uh, um, Rick Warren. Mm-hmm. And and his church yep. and they there was a guy there, Pastor Rick was his name, and he handed me like I walked in and there was really nothing left because I got there late and didn't want to be seen with the other homeless people. So there was rotten bananas and then a head of of cauliflower that had that black mold on the outside of it, which I you know <laughs> I was grateful. Yeah, you know I, yeah. Mean, I was grateful because that represented my my belly being full. Come on, uh, but he also weird, I say weirdly, but it, you know, God, God has weird ways of reaching into our life, um, handed me two books, you know, and, and, and one of them was the Bible, which I currently, I just immediately threw back at him. I'm like, nah, no, how about no? Right. That, that <laughs> shit don't work. And then <laughs> yep. he gave me, then he gave I me Tony it. Robbins book and it was, uh, his book, awaken the giant or yeah. Awaken the giant within. Yeah. And, um, and it was, I started reading that book you know, one page, two page, three page, couldn't put it down. I was fascinated by the concept that came out and you've seen the book. It's super thick. Mm -hmm. Uh, I came out with this one concept at the end of the book, a lot of other realizations, but really this, this idea that he says in there, that it's in our moments of decision where our destiny is shaped. Come on. And, and this blue, again, we were talking on the break about how simplicity embedded in in true simplicity is years of wisdom and in that one statement my life flashed before me and i said okay i'm homeless 
Uh, my wife left me. I'm not with my children. I lost my business. I'm embarrassed. An entire community thinks I'm a piece of shit. Like the, you know, the, the people that walk by me, like the, all of these things flash before me. And it was, and it was a, a, a like this on laundry list of the decisions that I had made. Come on. Not the decisions that yeah. my adopted father made, not right. the decisions that my mom made, not right. the decision that the police that arrested me made, not uh-huh. the, the church people that I was pissed off, not God, not Jesus, not, <laughs> not anybody. Really personal. Yeah. It was my, I was stuck guys on that word. My it's in your moments, your moments of decision. Come on. Where your destiny is shaped. Yes. And I thought, holy shit. Like I <laughs> right. it just rattled, it rattled around in my brain mm-hmm. to say, okay. And it eventually led to a thing where where I went, the the awakening aha moment for me was, oh, it's in my moments of decision where my destiny is shaped. And I can begin, regardless of resources, regardless of where I lived on the street or on a bench or yeah. regardless of my financial situation, regardless right. of all of the mistakes. Yeah. The next minute, the next second, come on, I yep. can make a different decision. That's right. You can always change, I, right? You can yeah, always change. I could, yeah. I could make that change. I could speak yes. to people differently. I could, I could breathe differently. I could, I could uh, uh, treat people differently. That's I the could big do, one right there. Yeah. Just here, here's the kicker. Yep. The master step that I got to was I control meaning in my life, and the oh. meaning that I've given my childhood is not serving me. I'm still prisoner. I'm still being tortured in my own life because of that situation. And I, and I alone had the ability to change the meaning. And in that moment, I said, thank God that man was my adopted father. Thank God I lived the children. That's a powerful statement. Thank God I went through the pain. Thank God my fate, my nose was on different parts of my face as I grew up. Because what that did is that created a beast inside of me, somebody that could step up, somebody that could take anything. You want, I lose a business, uh, you know, uh, have things bad happen to me, have a coronavirus strike, have right. a 9-11 happen, have these, these massive things happen to us. And you ain't getting to the inside of Jason Cisneros because it's no longer owned by anyone outside of me. It's me and the man upstairs. Come on. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. It is. Yes. It is. You you very specifically talk about how dangerous the ego is. Can you can you just expound on that? Because I've heard you make that statement many times. And can you just expound on that for our audience? Yeah. I, you know, the split is pride. It, it, you know, pride before the fall comes the pride. That's false pride. That is, you know, but pride in who you are and 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 that side of the ego is very healthy. And, and, and we're given an ego for a reason. Think about going into business. Think about stopping, starting you all show, right? And, and the right. discussions that you went through. Oh, there's millions of podcasts out there. There's TV shows. There's blah, 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 blah. And we have to have enough internal uh, gumption right. that's called ego for, for us to say, regardless of all of the, the, the evidence in front of us, <laughs> we are going to do something special, right? Yeah. I'm going to start a business. It, it, you, the facts play out for business owners. 95% of them go out of business in the first five years. 95%. Yeah. Imagine yeah. somebody coming to you and saying, give me $10,000, invest it with me, and you but you have a 95% chance of losing, losing it. it. Would you invest, right? Yeah. No. no. But there's those of us that are, have this, this gumption, this thing inside of us that cannot what I talked about earlier cannot be taken because it was put there by God. Yes. It was put there internally in you. You were yeah. born with it and it's been in there the entire time, but it's it's buried under a pile of fucking unresolved issues. Right. So you can't get to it. You can't light a fire when it's covered with wet wood. You yep. have to dig that out of there. You have to get the kindling. You have to spark it with words. You have to spark it with one small success. You have to spark it with service to another person, looking at your life and going, okay, I think it's bad. And then going to a children's ward at a hospital where kids are dying from cancer. Go out and look at the, and, and have a conversation with somebody on the ho- that's homeless, that doesn't have a roof over their head, that doesn't know where their next meal is going to come from, that may be addicted to drugs because they're just trying to feel normal for a few minutes out of the day, right? Yeah. And, and, and we think about all of those things and our ego 
makes it uh, the wrong part of the ego makes yes. it about us. I wonder what people think about us. I is my house big enough? Do I live in the right zip code? Am I driving the right car? Can I make the right impression on bullshit Instagram? Right? right. Can I make no. the, the the right impression on Facebook? Right. Rather than just being who the hell you are, which by the way is good. Come on. There's there is very few people, if any, that are born with bad it, that that's their core. Most people are good inside. Yes. And and they they have different ways of showing it or whatever it is, but if you're buried in ego, that good that good is not seen. It's not able to be executed on because you're you're in selfish ego mode. You flip that around and go, I'm going to bring that up because whatever's inside of you, I guarantee you the end result is service to other people and not yourself. So good ego, bad ego, and the split between that is called choice. Come on. So just, Jason, how did you transition with that choice? Like, how did you come? I I, I realize you've been humbled. Here you are. you're, You're having to eat less than satisfactory food. You're, you're, you're asking for help. You're seeking mentorship. You're seeking guidance. But when does the, when, 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 when do you make that transition for yourself to where you can, you can start to see that decision and that thought process start to, to, to come to life. And those decisions start to change the course and direction of where you were headed. It, you know, I know that that a lot of uh, the the gurus out there they like to say that there was this aha moment and there was and there's these these magic uh, formulas and you, know, you can have them for four ninety nine a month you know of and, course and, yeah <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not that guy what I'll tell you is that it was one small decision after another right That's we make key, things big right and there. long and complicated yep. yep and it was it started with not yet. And then it turned into not today, right? And yep. then it then it turned into you know a, another decision and another decision and another right. decision, and and compile right our lives if we don't like them are a compilation of a lot of decisions made individually throughout a twenty four hour period for the last week, month, right. year, decade, and and for us um, you know the 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 turn around, which is that's what I ended up being best at in business was turnarounds mm-hmm. and uh, and turning around broken companies. The turnaround takes a long time. Yeah. It takes it takes a while. It's like, well, 21 days, you're going to break a habit. Bullshit. Right? <laughs> Bullshit. It, you know, yeah. sometimes who you are is who you are. And you got to figure out how to use that for good instead of for bad. Right. But at the end of the day, it takes a while for you to shift a life of bad decisions. Yes. You know, and again, I understand the, 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 the crux, right. The inception of our being in a place where we don't want to be may have been somebody taking something that didn't belong to them. May, you may have been raped. You may have been, you know, uh, uh, had a bad breakup. You may have lost a business. You may have had a bad divorce. You might've, you know, lot like I did lose contact with your children for a period of time. Like the, those kinds of things may happen and they be, maybe the inception, but where you are today is a series of decisions that you made of how to react to that situation. Yeah. That's, right? that, that's it. Exactly. There was a book series, a series of unfortunate events. You know, my kids kind of got into that when they were younger and it's fascinating. The one thing, you know, the thing that was lacking in that series was their ability to make a decision that actually would change the circumstance. All you can do is deal with what's in front of you. You can only deal with the present, right? You don't have the opportunity to paint a big picture. All you can do is paint the next step. And and that's what I think we're hearing from you, which is really encouraging. And hopefully our listeners are picking up on that as well, that that this is a process. Chris is a big process guy. He loves process. I love process. Yeah, he loves process. And so so to hear that, you know, your process is your process. This is what this is something consistent we've been hearing from people as we talk to them is is their process is very unique and it's their process. But you can start to see commonality in these things and how they come together and how they, they there's these key elements, if you will, we call them truths, fundamental truths, that we all come to and, and come into agreement with. And so it's just fascinating, again, to hear another confirmation of what we found to be true. And that's what's been exciting about doing this particular show is we started to discover that these things are accurate. Jason, you were you were talking, you, you, you 
uh, indirectly stepped into to culture yeah. and, and, and working with businesses. What have you found through your experiences that are the most common factors to an unhealthy culture, whether it be a work environment, whether it be a family environment, right. whether it be a church environment? What have, you, what have you noticed just from when a group of people come together and function around one another? What are the, some of the common things that people do that tend to build or breed these unhealthy environments and cultures? Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a favor. I'm going to ask you a favor to, to I'm because I'm I got to go back and set the table just a minute before sure. I actually get to the culture piece. <laughs> okay, yeah, but I I will forget the question you just asked me. I'll bring it so, back. What, yeah, thank you. Okay, cool. So uh, <laughs> hey, we get point. it. We totally get it. We, we love the it. honesty. Yes, thank you. This is what we're yeah, looking and for. And this is this is a big thing. I think that people are that are interested. Look, your independent access to capital is is the one thing one of the biggest components to sovereignty, right? Which means that you are responsible for you and yeah. you don't have to ask permission from a government. You don't have to ask permission from anybody because you're sovereign to, to the universe, to God, right? And, and that, that that's your God-given right. We don't have to ask permission. We don't have to, you know, follow these bullcrap things that happen out there. So the, our independent access to capital is one of the main ways of doing that. That's small to mid-sized business today. It used to be a middle class um, of management inside of ethical corporations. Right. We now have an epidemic of unethical big businesses, right? Yes. And, and unethical big businesses, Jeff Bezos, the Googles of the world, you know, these people that, you know, he's got $90 billion dollars you know, that, that could solve a lot of problems in this world um, and keep 5 billion of it. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't hold his wealth against him. I don't hold his success against him, but for crying out loud, you know, his principle is he right. has this day one, it's always day one, which means he's afraid of being overtaken by someone else. Well, at the end of the day, um, you've got a long, a lot of longstanding companies who have been fair to their employees that have been, have fair compensation packages that right. aren't trying to outsource number one to slave labor in China or Mexico. And, and then because they're too expensive, turn them all into the, all of the activities into robotics so that nobody has a job. Mm -hmm. That is unbelievable to me of what's happening. And, and so, you know, one of the big fights that we're in right now is the, the, because middle management has been outsourced, the one remaining string to independent uh, uh, access to capital is a small to mid-sized company. And so I'm a warrior for small business owners. I'm a warrior. I don't need to be in the game anymore, but I am so that I can resource people how to make the right decisions. Now, there is a sequence of events. There is There has been the way that you keep people enslaved, okay, enslaved is to keep them uneducated and yep. then to divide them. And we can see, I mean, just with those words, you know what's been going on in right. America specifically. Yes. Uh, and, and what has happened is that with knowledge, we are uncontrollable, right? And I don't mean that as, as in we lose control. I'm just saying, no, no. yeah, that doesn't yeah. make sense. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be swayed by your bullshit. Right. And, and so one of those main things is your, is how do you build wealth? We're taught in our society that rich is great. That having all the cars and we see all that stuff when it doesn't matter. Yes. Wealth is being able to live a month or two months or a year without having to have any income coming in, right? <laughs> it's wealth is being able to, to own property. Wealth is being able to in you know entertain and become part of the middle class and to be able to work your way up a ladder of success, right? I'm setting the table. Um, yep. and, and so what happens. What has happened is that's been ripped away. We need more small business owners. We need more mid-sized companies. Right. And we need to do business with each other and stop making the convenient choice of yes. clicking a button and having shit de delivered to us, right? right. Do business yep. with locally and, and, and that'll help. Now, in business, there was a, a, call it the book. If everybody could imagine a big book in front of them, it's called the book of knowledge. And in that book of knowledge, from the first page to the last page, it was an education on how best to optimize your own sovereignty, right? 
And in that book, there's going to be a couple of pages on how to build wealth. What has happened in the book of knowledge through the internet, through all the things that was supposed to be the great, the great equalizer, there's been a couple of pages ripped out called how to build wealth. Right. Because if you learn how to build wealth and you learn the things that I know and the things that people like me have learned, you are uncontrollable. You cannot be enslaved because you have wealth, you have influence, you have capacity to be able to speak. You have, and I'm talking any color of skin. I'm talking any gender. I'm talking about any sexual preference. It doesn't matter when you are, when you have that power, now you are uncontrollable because you are competent and capable of running and making your own decisions and running your own life without stepping on the sovereignty of someone else. In fact, you know that there's an acceleration uh, mechanism embedded in that that says if I accelerate someone else's sovereignty, that will help grow my own. That's right. Right. Yep. And and so Mm. now you get into small business, which there's, you know, so those pages are ripped out. It's not there for you and I. There is a right. group of people that have it. And those are the people that are now controlling whether you can speak, whether you can't speak, right. whether you can be on their platform, whether, yeah. you, whether you're going to get the material that you need for your own uh, uh, work and, and, uh, yeah. and expansion. Absolutely. Uh, they're taking away the customer base because you can't have the customer because you're on our pro- processes, right? Right. Yeah. All of that's been ripped out. Yes. Well, that book of, of knowledge has in it that your independent uh, access to capital is, is a small business. And in that small business, there's not a book, there's not a box that like, you know, think about Legos for a second. There's a picture on the front of exactly what it's supposed to look like. You open it, there's independent plastic bags. In that there's instructions, piece one to piece two, piece two to piece three. That doesn't exist for people like us, right? Right. So I learned those lessons the hard way. Going out of business was Mm -hmm. the greatest value that I've ever experienced in my entire life. Going out of business three times was God's triple gift to (laughs) me of being now having people that I've helped turn around their companies that have that are from Yale, from Harvard, from school, uh, Wharton School of Business. Those types of people now come to me to help them with their companies. We've built the, the, the two pages that was ripped out of the book of knowledge right. in a program and a process for small business owners. I put everything I know in there. There's no bigger program. I don't, I did, you know, there's no, all this other kind of crap. It's all in there. And if you grow to a big enough size, you can hire my consulting company. That's it. That's all right. I do. Right. Yep. And, and so embedded in that culture. Okay. I see, I brought myself back. To there you go. Yep. Club. Look at you. Embedded in that there's four, there's four pillars of, of business. One is finance. It speaks a language in and of itself that 99% of the business owners I come across don't speak. Imagine going to China, trying to to exist without understanding Chinese. It's very difficult, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That's one pillar. The other pillar is sales and marketing, which everybody on the internet is the expert at. And and that's another pillar, right? You've got to be able to bring in money. The other one is operations, delivering on the promise that sales and marketing is making, and then, uh, and then culture and training, right? That's the four pillars that a business can set on. And if any one of those is out of whack, it's not going to be able to be uh, uh, sustainable. You're going to be part of the 95% that fails. You're going to be part of the 50% that starts today and is out of business one year later. And, and so culture is one piece of four major components in a business, and it has to be done on purpose. So to answer your question specifically, what I see in culture is we start a business for whatever reason it is. It's very rarely written on a piece of paper, thought out at a, at a high level and then executed on. It's more like, I don't want to work for that asshole anymore. I'm going to start up my business. I got fired. I'm going to start up a business. Right. I'm bored at home. I'm going to start up a business. I need to make more money for my kids uh, <laughs> education. I start up a business. Right. And then right. we just start. And then we go, oh, crap, this happens to be working. I better hire some people. Well, I'll hire my cousin. I'll hire my nephew. I'll hire my blah, blah, blah. And we start right. to, you know, if you've ever seen a trailer in a trailer park that's pieced together, yep. right? Yep. And, and have different connections. Mm-hmm. That's how most businesses are built. And so a, a strong wind comes along, it wipes it out. And culture is one of those pieces that you're bringing you and the company and everything in it is going to reflect your belief systems. Yes. Right. And and if you have a poor view of money, if you don't have education about how to run a, a business successfully, if you think poorly of another 
uh, race or a gender or whatever it is, that's all going to permeate your company. And that's going to become the culture. And culture is most often by mistake. It's not on purpose. So Jason, for someone who has a failing business or is, it realizes that the culture is toxic or failing and realizes that they're a part of that, what, what is some advice that you could give them to, to turn the culture around and, and help revive their business and their perspective? Yeah, the best way to understand this is really, so if we, if we agree with the premise that a business is nothing more than a collection of people and people bring their weaknesses, they bring their strength, and the one that they're modeling is going to be the leader of that organization, whether that's yep. the owner, the CEO, the president, right. whoever is the leader of that organization, mm -hmm. they're going to take on the, the attributes of that leadership, right. okay? And so, so as we, as you, if, if that's the premise, then you have to understand as the leader, prior to you starting your business, yeah. what is my culture going to be? Right. Determine that up front. And so the best lesson I can give you is understanding that we all, as human beings, as an individual, we have this thing called a primary question. And it's something that happened in between zero and 18 of our life. And it was some sort of a, 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 a traumatic, usually negative occurrence, sometimes positive, which is super helpful, um, you know, in, in different places. But, um, but for the most part, what I've seen is it's from a trauma and it begins to build this, this, um, this negative belief system that we don't know how to deal with because we've just adopted it unconsciously. So I'll give you a really great example. Fourth grade, um, I'm, I didn't understand that I was Span you know, Spanish at the time, white skin, moved into a Hispanic town, started to get beat up, um, and, and told my adopted father one day, I said, look, I'm getting beat up every day after school. Would you just come pick me up so it doesn't happen today? So he comes and, and I see him that day and I walk out and I'm like, yeah, my, my dad's here, right? I didn't know he wasn't my real dad until he went to prison. Actually, my mom took me to dinner the night that he was sentenced and goes, by the way, he's not your real dad. That was awesome wow. to know. Yeah. So wow. at that age, I thought he was my dad. So I'm like, dad, you know, my dad's here. Cool. Awesome. I start to walk out. The guys come out. They start beating me. He never steps out of the truck. Some other father had to stop the fight. I get into the truck bleeding, you know, crying. And we're driving back out to the house and we get to this T in the road. I'll never forget this moment. Get to this T in the road. There's an old abandoned house across the way. You got to go left to go to our place. And we stop at the stop sign. And I look over at him and I said, I said, I said, dad, why, why didn't you help me? And no sooner than the words falling off my lip, then his fist hit my face and it blew out the window in the side of the, of the truck. And it was in that moment that I decided that I started to ask myself the question, how do I protect myself? This guy is not there to protect me. My mom can't protect me. How do I protect myself? And that is what formulated the story that I said before. I was, I didn't trust anybody. I didn't want to tell anybody the truth. I was a liar. I was a cheater. I was all of those things because I was protecting myself, right? Yep. And, and so as I built my three failures, guess what was, who the leader was? Me. Yep. Guess yep. who they were modeling? Me. Yep. They, I didn't trust them. They didn't trust me. Yeah. I didn't trust my customers. They didn't trust me. Yep. Like there was all of this stuff wow. that was, that was happening as a second, third, fourth level consequence right. from me accepting an unconscious belief system in a moment in my life, 20 years earlier. Right. Yeah. Right. So I fast forward that I learned this process because I'm a voracious reader. I learned that there's this thing in psychology called a primary question and how it's built is through physiology focused language uh, multiplied by emotion and, and, uh, and uh, repetition. And, and, and then you multiply even that by intensity, right? So what that means is that if I had that thought, how do I protect myself starting in fourth grade, how many times did I think it until I figured this out somewhere around 34, 35 years old, right? right, right. How long did it take? Um, how many times did I thought it? So I've got these super highways 
running in my brain called neural net pathways yep. that information comes in and it wasn't even stopping here at the prefrontal cortex. It was mm. zipping straight down to my amygdala and coming out as a fear fight or flight response. There was no pausing. This is what makes us different than any other animal on, on the face of the planet. Our prefrontal cortex to pause things and to make a conscious decision of how we're going to react to them. And most of us aren't. We're just in reaction all right. constantly because we don't pause anything. Mm -hmm. So when I learned this, that that was what developed where I was going back to the idea that, that I had understood that I was, you know, going back to Tony Robbins question, which is, you know, the, the, uh, the, or some the destiny of my life, right? The the quote that I gave you earlier. Yes. Sorry, I'm I'm super passionate right now. That's no, cool. Go for it. Uh, oh, it's in your moments of decision where your destiny is shaped. Okay, there, there you go. So going back to that, I started to think, okay, that's up to me. It's not. It yes, it's my past. Yes, I allowed it to happen, but I'm gonna replace that shit. Okay. Right. Thank you, Jason. This is this is uh, amazing. What you're breaking down for us. Yeah. This is just episode one. I know. Hang, hang out, folks, because we're just scratching the surface yeah. of, of, of the application and, and really starting to talk about how you can, you can start to, to not only change the way you think, but then start to apply it to the world around you. Right. And we're going to get into that in, in the next episode. Absolutely. So for Mark Rasmussen, I'm Chris Solak. Thank you again to Jason Cisneros. Yes. And as always, Schmarcus over there Thank with you, his laptop open and the blank <laughs> stare on his face. So this has been Bad Dogma. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Bad Dogma, the podcast produced by FBM Productions. Special thanks to our production team, Stephen Hudson, Marcus Bickle, and I'm Barry Hasselman. Bad Dogma, unveiling the truth one podcast at a time.